Modern Casserole is a podcast of three hungry women. We met working at a food magazine, and each week we talk about food, culture, what we cooked, and what we ate in San Diego and beyond. I'm Olivia, and this is Modern Casserole. So welcome back to everyone. We're on episode eight. We were just kind of catching up about our latest adventures in the community and eating out and like what that's like. So uh, Felicia, you started telling us a bit about your your recent observation in your neighborhood. Well, I, I live in Mission Valley, and so which is home to two Denny's. Um, not like the most exciting place to go out uh, under the best of circumstances, but you know, when you want diner food. But what's been shocking to me is their parking lots, which are not scenic. They overlook a freeway. They have been jam-packed daily and it it cracks me up because like what who says to themselves like I can't wait I've got to go stand in line (laughs) and get some Denny's like I'm gonna sit in the parking lot and eat this I uh, it it boggles my mind are they at least putting up tents like what what's like the visual of like this parking lot or is there like any sort of flooring no is it just asphalt well they have not made it nice no it is like the asphalt with the really cheap little pop-up tents for shade. Mm-hmm. So there is shade. Um, oh, that's good. But, you know, yeah, some places, fair. especially like in North Park, have done really creative, cute things. I, they have some funny name for it. It's like like park restaurant or parking lot restaurant. I, I'm obviously messing it up. There's some cute name for it. And they've, like, made them very designy and put up cute things and plants and tried to make the outside Look, there is no effort like that at Denny's. They're like, this is Denny's. You can eat in the parking lot. Here you go. And Have your grand slam. That's right. <laughs> in a parking stall. That's yeah. right. And I am, I'm baffled by the popularity. So, I mean, have you guys dined in a parking lot lately? No. Have you, Maria? No, I haven't. But I'm not, look, I'm not looking for the asphalt ambiance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll, you'll save it for like the right setting well it's interesting because like we're down in little italy my husband you know and i are you know once a week we'll go out for a stroll and actually fridays and saturdays is that perfect stroll through little italy because they're actually closing down india so that's pedestrians only and all the restaurants have kind of turned inside out so the interiors are now exterior and for some of the restaurants that means their adjacent parking lot is now an extension of the restaurant and you know there's a whole range like you're describing you know of production when it comes to those spaces Filippi's, you know it's like a a red sauce you know pizza pasta joint a family favorite of ours and you know they've got a parking lot there that's like an institution um on on india pretty minimal they got some i think um some uh, astroturf and some tents and things like that but it kind of fits the vibe because inside it isn't like a really fancy restaurant or anything it's really casual and and family oriented like really fun did they bring the red so, and white um, tablecloths outside yes they you know, did sometimes that's yes, all they you did. need that's that's all you need so it's a little it's fun because it's like you got the green you know astroturf and the red and white uh, tablecloths and people are just having a good old time out there you know people it, it's nice because like the whole corridor you're you know mask you know wearing mask and you wear it to your table you know once you're seated um, and things are a little bit more like in a controlled environment you're able to take it off which I think is the idea of you know the wearing the mask until your table so you're not like you know 
walking over somebody's meal and talking and the whole deal. So um, it makes, you know, sense. It, it lets us, you know, kind of try out some of those normal things that we remember about, you know, existing in the world. So I'm, I'm, I'm for it if it's, if it can be done safely like that. Um, so we continued down our way on India and we had in our mind, or at least I had in my mind secretly, the burger that's at um, Juniper and Ivy. And it's a secret burger that they don't put on the menu and they only make a certain number of them. So it's a favorite for my, myself and Shy. And I didn't have the heart to like, you know, plant it in Shy's line. So that way, like we get there and disappointed, either they're out of them or they're full or whatever. Usually we get a, a spot at the bar. We arrive, of course, everything's outside. And um, we're lucky enough that there's an open table just for us right at the entrance of the parking lot. So, you know, we couldn't resist. Literally, it was like meant to be. And it was a week where they were promoting their secret burger, which it was kind of funny to like have it being promoted because it's a secret, but it's out. And now I'm telling you guys about it too. So it's really good. It's like an in and out burger without like all the veggies on it. So it's like the double meat, double cheese, secret sauce, perfection. It's just really good. Um, yes, there is grilled onion on there. There's some pickle. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of like all those like really just like satisfying things about the In-N-Out burger. Although I do love all the crunchy veg and stuff as well, but it's almost like it's like the the more indulgent side of a In-N-Out burger. So we both ordered ordered one for ourselves, and we're sitting there in the parking lot, and all I keep thinking is like. We're just a bun- bunch of suckers or like these, you know, this restaurant's a joke because like here we are sitting in the parking lot and like they've spent probably millions of dollars on their interiors and people, you know, look at that place as like a it's kind of like high end dining destination and everybody's just as happy, if not happier almost to be sitting in the parking lot, you know, like paying the same amount of money and I think just almost relieved that the place still exists, right? I think that's what people going out, it's kind of like this like relief that, okay, there are these semblances of like what we see our, you know, daily lives or special occasion moments. So yeah, it was really kind of ironic and it had a good laugh, but we really enjoyed our meal. I mean, the food was just as good as it was served inside. And they, I will say that they did, you know, step up their game as far as their outdoor setting. They, they do have some kind of like, you know, I don't know if it's an AstroTurf or different kind of flooring things. They've got market lights and different hedges. So they've kind of brought that like kind of European um, twinkle like to their setup. And I've seen Kettner Exchange also it looked, Kettner Exchange, if you really want to go somewhere that doesn't feel like you're in a parking lot, check them out because it literally looks like that's their their full-time um setup really beautiful so it, it is it possible. can't be done i mean it's san diego yeah. the, the it's gorgeous outside there's no reason not to they have that beautiful <laughs> open rooftop um bar area i wonder if they're able to continue using that as an open air yeah that's a good space. point yeah i haven't noticed that as much as far as what they're promoting online they've been highlighting that the parking lot is basically a parking lot between the devil's dozen building and their Kettner Exchange main building. And when they were first posting about it, I kept racking my mind. I was like, which rooftop is this? I couldn't place it because they did that good of a job of converting this parking lot into a dining space. So um, I am hoping that this trend of just like more out di- outdoor dining will stay. Um, like, like you said, it's San Diego. We've got great weather. There's not enough rooftop dining locations, not enough alfresco 
dining um, and, and with the pedestrian, you know, only streets, it makes it really, really like that perfect European like experience. You know, it's very effortless. You don't have to be dodging cars and doing all that. So I love it. I'm loving it right now. I do like how this event has made it possible now for these restaurants to have the outside experience or offer the outside experience. Unfortunately, in this situation, it's um, it's it's a forced <laughs> experience. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's something that people have been kind of lobbying for for at least a decade to shut off some of these neighborhoods to vehicular traffic and let the businesses and the pedestrians use the space when it's really busy. So um, I'm sure it's it's just a different experience going into the gas lamp or Little Italy or downtown La Mesa when you could just walk around and enjoy it yeah in the open air you feel like you more it feels like you they they want you there like that community wants you there because they're kind of like almost rolling out the red carpet instead of like this you having to kind of compete for for space and everything so yeah I'm I love it because yeah otherwise it's gonna be chaotic out there it is such a nice right special thing for California right because this is not necessarily a, a very pedestrian friendly state you know we're so car dependent and you know it's it's even it's even hard to find you know legit street food sometimes here um, other than like the taco truck which is so different from our neighbors in Tijuana just over the border where it's a lot more public spaces and um, like walkability so it's exciting to be seeing some of that and um, one of my my favorite places to go even now um, is uh, the little window the fish taco takeaway window on turquoise street at oscar's mexican seafood they are the best i love their fish tacos it's always fresh um but this weekend i started having like a massive craving for it but i just couldn't bear the idea of like the line and then standing on the street and eating i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna try to make some grilled fish tacos at home so that became my my sunday cooking project and it turned out really good i oh, great uh, yeah where did you did you do the beer batter yeah. or did you do grilled fish what kind of fish tell me i did grilled um i tried two different types of fish i got a a wild caught cod and then um a mahi mahi and I took, um, I made a little spice blend with um, like cumin and some red pepper, a little um, garlic salt, like kept it pretty simple and uh, rubbed that on both fish and then just grilled it. Um, and Methy and I both far preferred the mahi-mahi. It's just such a delicious fish. And um, got the little got the little tortillas and I, it was like a Sunday afternoon. So I was feeling a little lazy. I was like, Oh, let me just grab some sauce. Big mistake, big mm. mistake. Okay. So I, the red and sauce. What kind of sauce did you like grab? Like what, what would be like your fish taco type of sauce? Well, I like a spicy, like chipotle sauce, like something mm-hmm. with, um, like a red sauce or spicy red gotcha. sauce. And that one was fine. I got that, um, in a bottle and that was fine because um, it's you know it's hard to mess up chili sauce but um for the green sauce i love like a creamy salsa verde or a tomatillo avocado situation and yeah i mean i knew i was wrong for doing it when i did it but i grabbed a bottle of the green like 
paste picante, uh, creamy avocado (laughs) sauce. And I was like, "Hmm, this doesn't seem right, but let me just try it. Oh, yeah. I got home and I'm tasting the sauces because, of course, I'll just squirt them on my finger and try them. It was just disgusting. Oh, no. So I was like, all right, what do I have in the fridge? How can I make, like, my own little fake hack? Because I don't have tomatillos, but what do I have? So I had some avocado and um, some yogurt and mayonnaise and a ton of cilantro and lime and green um, green onion and some chilies. And I just blended it up. And you know what? It was so good. It sounds so good. Like the perfect combination. It and was you didn't even delicious. Plan that. I did not. It was like it, I had to make up for my mistake before before I was ready to grill. So I uh, that I will definitely put that recipe in the show notes because um, yeah. this is like I've been. There's a ton of the sauce left over. I've been eating it on chicken and on everything. I feel like that would be good even for like dipping like veggies in, using it as a salad dressing. Like it sounds like you just want to drizzle that on everything. It's like that perfect combination of really tangy and bright and herbaceous with a little bit of spicy kick at the end. And yeah, we're you know. I think on the same wavelength because I've also been eating uh, fish tacos um, lately too. So I got one last week at City Tacos in Imperial Beach. There was a really cool kind of uh, beer garden set up there. Mike has brewing. Um, they're kind of figuring out their outdoor space. They've always had one, but it's like kind of dirt and they've got like picnic tables. And since it's summer, they've got like the tents up. So it's pretty minimal and it looks like they're trying to kind of turn it over. But I mean, when you have good beer and good tacos, like honestly, you could be sitting in a parking lot and it's ironic because literally people will do that. So it just goes to show you though, honestly, people will turn up for good food, no matter what your place looks like, you know, as long as you get the word out and, or people spread the word around. So So what's your order there? What kind of fish taco do you get? They have, they have like that classic Baja fried, um, fish taco, which was great. I think actually it was my favorite. I got three different tacos. Some of them are a little bit like they, they like to do kind of some fun things with the tacos and then they have like more traditional things. And I'd say that the, this fish taco was that kind of typical Baja, um, inspired taco. And it was great. I mean, there's a reason why we love it here in San Diego. So it was great. The batter was really thin. It was crispy. The, you know, everything was just, just the right seasoning. Um, I probably want like a little extra pico de gallo on there just cause I just literally could eat that by the spoonful. But um, it was great. Had a, um, I think I ordered a Kolsch beer to go with it. It was wonderful. You know, and um, I'm gonna interrupt you because I want. I've been. Yeah. I've thought of you when I was chopping oh. up my pico de gallo <laughs> on Sunday. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like Middle Eastern or Israeli salad without the cucumbers. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder no, we love it. Like no wonder. I was like, there. This is exactly that. Add a yeah. add a chili, add some cilantro, and it's the same. It's funny you say that because actually every time I'm either preparing like a pico de gallo or I'm making like a you know Middle Eastern like chopped salad, I think about them like if I just added lime instead of my lemon, or if I just added some cilantro instead of the parsley, it's like or like you said, take out the cucumbers. Um, so, and sometimes I make my Israeli salads or like I said, Arab salads, whatever you want to call it. I'll add in things that like have a little bit like of a Mexican twist. Like I'll put avocado 
which you find in the Middle East as well. But, you know, I always associate it with more with like Spanish or Mexican cooking. Um, and, and cilantro you find in Middle Eastern is cooking as well. So I'm with you that like, it, it, no wonder I literally like ask for extra pico because I'm just eating it like a salad. It's great. So good. Um, but yeah, it, that one at, at City Tacos was great. And then actually over the weekend, um, we met up with my parents and my sister over at Point Loma Seafoods in Point, in Point Loma, um, over by actually by Shelter Island. And, um, that was great. They have a uh, fish taco plate. Um, the only thing is that they're doing theirs with like Alaskan cod, which is fine. It's great. But, you know, as, as being from San Diego, we're always trying to look out for some local fish. And unfortunately they don't, they, they sell a lot of local fish and things like that. But as far as like some of the, the foods that they're offering on their menu, they don't highlight those, um, in those preparations. Um, so again, it was a great, a great meal, but that was just kind of my like two cents that I was like, Oh, we're so close. That's like so close that like they have those great fish options, but you don't get to like consume them. You know, Maria, you probably have something to say about that. I mean, they're literally on the water. And um, I think we run into that. It's a a challenge as a consumer because I I like seafood and I don't I don't want to sound like I'm um, dismissing anyone who's not serving San Diego caught seafood or local Pacific species. But if you're a chef and I'm, you know, dining at your four or five star restaurant on the patio overlooking Pacific Mm -hmm. Ocean and I'm eating scallops from Maine and I know that's an analogy I use a lot, but it just it 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 feels to me like the chef isn't um, isn't being creative and it might not be the chef's fault. It might be like whoever their supplier Mm -hmm. is. Absolutely. and, you know, maybe a place like Point Loma can't, uh, or Point Loma Seafoods, I should say, can't afford to, um, you know, use use the local product on their menu. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, consumer demand, um, we can we can start asking yeah. for it more, and then that incentivizes them to do it. But it, I, I think it's sad. We're looking at the Pacific I know. Ocean. I know it. In so many circumstances, basically sitting on it, and, and we're eating seafood from oh yeah yeah. and i mean if you can't if they can't afford san diego caught okay it's a little bit you know specialty and very expensive but pacific caught at least i mean even at the freaking ralph's seafood counter where i go because you know i can't afford fancy fish it's um (laughs) fancy fish i like that (laughs) it's still at least pacific wild caught you know you can Mm -hmm. still get it relatively local it doesn't have to be imported from so far and i'll actually say that is that is a statement of progress because five years ago ralph's didn't have any of that Mm. from my observation so um and and that that's something to be said about organic food or local food for that matter in the last decade i mean think about what selection of variety we had for organic produce 10 years ago was maybe a tenth of what we have now and now it's getting to the point even in a major grocer you go through it's it's like almost half organic that's true that's true yeah but i'm with you i'm sitting there you know on the patio overlooking the boats there's actually at we were there about six o'clock and it's about the time that people are offloading from fishing trips and then they're you know, onloading the new round of people that are going out overnight. And I've, you know, we see like coolers and coolers of fish coming off. I, I think you're right to say it's it's not about them it not existing. It's about the cost 
I think it's about like consumer preference or knowledge or familiarity. And maybe, maybe that cost of education of their customers is, you know, outweighs, um, that, that local angle, at least for right now. But you're right. If we start asking more for it, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, Cause I think a lot of people assume that it is, I mean, it's called the point Loma seafood company. So I, right. I guarantee like my parents, if they walked in there, they would walk out saying, Oh, we had this great local fish, local fish. They wouldn't yeah. even think about it. Cause yeah. it, you know, it, it's, it gives the impression yeah. that it's local. Well, especially like I said, it's great. They do sell local caught things. Um, like they have like counters, you know, where you can get like, you know, by the pound, different things. Uh, but as far as the menu of like, you know, what most people are probably going there for, which is to actually eat on site um, or to go, then yeah, that's most of the things are prepared with like Alaskan cod, at least if they're doing like their fish and chips or they have yeah. a, this great, like really simple fish sandwich that's like on sourdough, like really good sourdough bread with like a tartar sauce and then like strips of um, fried Alaskan cod. And I said like, the whole table pretty much had that except for me with the tacos and they like love it love it love it but you know I, once you fry anything in my mind it's gonna I all mean, be probably gonna, pretty yeah, darn good it's gonna be pretty good so they could just start sneaking it in and we'll be like you know no problem so we'll see but i i really like that spot because it is a beautiful location they didn't have to do anything special for offering um, outdoor dining so if you're looking for a place like that it's really um, a good spot. You can walk on Sh- Shelter Island after or before, and it makes for a nice little outing. Well, nice place just opened by you. Um, Matthew's firm actually designed it. It's called Portside, and it's there in Little Italy. It's this huge glass structure, and um, right there on the water. And you know Brigantine, um, the seafood place mm-hmm. up in Del Mar? Yeah, it's, they, our local, it's a local chain, yeah. Yeah, and they supposedly source local fish. They bought the entire upper patio of this new building, and so it's outdoors. It's obviously right on the water. Um, from the pictures I saw, it looks amazing. Um, it's stunning. It is, absolutely stunning. So that, that would be a place I wouldn't mind checking out. Mm-hmm. One of these days, I'm, I, one of these outings, I feel like we we're, we have to be so much <laughs> right. more intentional now. It's like we don't just pop out for a meal anymore. It's like we, we plan for it. And mm-hmm. has to be a little more special. I love a brigantine happy hour. It's a, it's a nice happy hour. And they always have, um, you know, whether you're at the one in Del Mar or even the one in La Mesa or the one over here in Point Loma, they always have a lovely patio mm-hmm. and uh, I fish tacos yeah they're an institution here i mean i remember as a kid going for family um family dinners and special occasion meals like to brigantine you know even out in poway like we had one out there so um it's kind of cool to have like those local things in san diego like that i had a solid fish and chips sorry no (laughs) i was excited to share i had a solid fish and chips in fallbrook well i didn't have it but my son had it um we went up to fallbrook for this kind of special tasting thing that i've been dreaming of trying kachipuri for two or three years since you first showed me a video of um it coming out of the oven felicia you were you were testing recipes so i've been dreaming about trying this and they started offering it at this very small farm to table restaurant and what is that can you Um, describe that dish oh so kachipuri is the um it's a like main dish of georgia right right right. in russia um so it's it's bread with an egg baked into it um it's a bread like thing it's like a bread boat that's filled with like farmer's cheese and an egg i mean 
nothing yeah. could go wrong there. You know what That's I mean? That's great. No, and I think I think they used Parmesan and garlic, and then they dressed it with arugula, and the bread was super buttery, and the bottom was crispy, and it was divine. All my all my. It sounds like a French, like a French twist on it, you know. I mean, because like the egg and the cheese and the par- like, or I guess Italian. I don't know, just something like a little twist. But it sounds delicious. It was, it was amazing. Um, but my so we ordered fish and chips for my son, and it was local caught yellowtail, um, really nice kind of all temp- uh, tempura style batter, um, fries. They had a beer vinegar aioli to go with it and like house made ketchup and they're doing the you know dining on the street in the evenings and and weekends and um it's just a just a fun little spot to go get fish and chips if you're in fallbrook i haven't been to downtown like fallbrook and i don't know how long what what's it like up there these days is it has some growth in Um, that area you know, it's uh, it's hard to say because I've only been there a couple of times myself. And um, the two times previous, I never had the opportunity to go to Main Street. I was always going direct to a farm, so um, never in Fallbrook proper. But um, the restaurant is on Main Street. It's, it's, or Main Street. It's real cute. It's real charming. Um, very, I don't know. It's a nice thought like for like, town. A, like a day trip, like just to go up the, and yeah. explore. Exactly. Yeah cute shops to walk around um in fact i found there was a little t-shirt shop right next to the restaurant i found a great kimono <laughs> for i think it was like 30 that's bucks. good for all the, you know, the my... lounging that we're doing indoors mm-hmm. these days right right my covid wardrobe mm-hmm. is t-shirt dresses and kimonos mm-hmm. so what's the restaurant <laughs> name? I just feel like i'm in small town small town sorry i thought i said yeah small, small town. town it's called small town which is so perfect and um the chef is carlo guardado it's just, uh, it's a great little place. But solid fish and chips, local cot. He's using all of his um, community connections because he grew up in the area. So he knows fishermen and he knows farmers. And he's got farmers bringing him stuff. And that's how I was introduced to them. All right. Well, before we uh, wrap up, ladies, I have um, one of our usual controversial questions. Oh. When it comes to these tacos, these fish tacos. You know, I think we can agree that both grilled and, and fried fish are delicious and acceptable. But do you ladies have a strong opinion one way or the other on corn versus flour tortilla? Ooh, with a specifically a fish taco? Specifically a fish taco. Oh, man. I, I say, for me personally, I prefer the corn. And I... I believe that is a traditional uh, configuration for it, uh, like a Baja style fish taco, which I actually recently was reading about, not even thinking we were going to be talking about it together this week. So I did come across that like even, you know, they can trace the history of this taco to like a Japanese um, immigrant to Mexico. He was doing tempura style um, uh, battering of a fish, you know, like local fish and serving it on tortilla with with everything i think actually um yeah like i think and that makes sense actually when you think about the type of batter on a traditional fish taco it is like a tempura so that was fascinating and and they did mention specifically corn um and i've always been drawn to that so that that's my i mean i wouldn't turn down one on a flour tortilla let's just be honest but maria what about you do you have a a strong preference or or opinion even (laughs) I, I go with the corn tortilla, although um, I've had amazing fish burritos. Um, 
And then you yes, have the salmon, yes. <laughs> or not salmon. Then you have the right. flour tortilla. I've had a salmon, <laughs> salmon fish burrito. Um, but then you have the flour tortilla, and it's stuffed with even more. I, I'm a corn corn tortilla though for the mm-hmm. tacos for sure. And Felicia, what about you? I Since agree. You pose the question. I, I, yeah. I, I I'm not opposed. Like I don't see anything in, inherently wrong with a flour tortilla. I, mm-hmm. I learned many years ago that flour tortillas are traditional in many parts of Mexico not Baja necessarily but like they're legit but Mm -hmm. my preference for the for the fish I do love that that uh corn tortilla especially like when they're fresh or um like freshly warmed I I was warming mine on the grill and one got a little over crisp and I loved it even more I was like even more yeah yeah. That's a great point. I like I said I I there's a certain flavor that you get from the corn that's special and makes it complete. I did actually just make some tacos um at home. They weren't fish, but they were like a like a more kind of americanized little like ground beef taco that we were talking about a few episodes back. I used all your tips that you late ladies gave me about like pushing down the ground meat, you know, really flat and letting it sit. Did like it work saying, for Felicia. you? It did. It was divine. It was great. And Maria, I used your tip about like the fat that like gets rendered out and getting absorbed back in, even just not even in a crock pot. Boom. You're right. So thank you. And then I actually mm-hmm. served them on these jicama wraps. They're, they look like the size of a corn tortilla. I found that Trader Joe's just, and I used Trader Joe's taco seasoning. I'm not going to lie in my, in my beef uh, filling. Their taco seasoning is solid. It's good. I yeah, I read it. the ingredients. Mm-hmm. There's not no weird fillers or anything yeah. crazy. So I was like, if I had all those ingredients, I'd make it myself. But they're doing it for me. And I actually really liked these these jicama wraps. They they did not detract from the taco. They, they didn't bring that same flavor. Like I said, they didn't bring that corn flavor. But it was really solid. And then I felt like a, like they didn't it didn't fill me up as much so I could eat more individual tacos, which is my favorite thing about tacos because you get, you know, to assemble and all that, you know, good stuff on top, each one. Um, and it was great. It was really wonderful. Yeah. So I recommend trying those if, if you're looking for something to mix it up um, at home. Yeah. Definitely. And since you mentioned Oscars, Felicia, I can't stop thinking about their smoked scallop taco which they have a smoked fish taco as well. And I'm going to be craving Oscars all oh, week. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that you've mentioned it, everybody needs to try the smoked fish or oh the smoked gosh. scallop taco wow. there. That's just I'm my always, recommendation. I'm always hungry after our sessions, even if I just ate right before we jump on this call. And um, I'm looking forward to finishing out the season with you ladies. We have two more episodes left in season one. And we'll be taking a, a hiatus to kind of regroup. And we have some really exciting, fun ideas and themes and guests that we can't wait to introduce you guys to in season two. So make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out on the launch of season two whenever that starts coming your way. And don't forget to check out our show notes for all these recipes and tips and tricks. So until next week, have a great week. <laughs> Thanks, Bye. Thank you for listening to Modern Casserole. You can find our show notes at moderncasserole.com with links, photos, and recipes from this week's episode. Subscribe today on our website and everywhere podcasts are available. <laughs>